how to start. Well, you know, it's just writing. I mean, here's something important to remember about dialogue. Every word matters. No, it doesn't. They're modern. I want to go to this place that I think it needs to go to. The only thing that counts is what you see on the screen. I will write like four or five, six hours a day. And it will be a voice made of ink and rage. Okay, I'm, re I'm really glad you asked me that question. Welcome to Creative Principles. I'm your host, Brock Swinson. In this podcast interview series, I'll be speaking with writers, directors, actors, musicians, chefs, and various other types of creatives as we bridge the gap between creativity and productivity. Here we'll be discussing the habits, routines, and lessons that help promote a successful creative life. If this is your first time listening, make sure to subscribe on SoundCloud or iTunes. Lower Dick Lamont Tonneray grew up in a film family and wanted to be an actress from a very early age. After creating her first play, however, she realized her entrepreneurial mindset pushed her to want to become a director rather than an actor. She was attracted to animal therapy with criminals, which led her to direct the short Rabbit. As she dove in a little further, she then decided to create a full-length feature on the same subject, now called The Mustang. In her latest film, audiences are invited to follow the story of Roman Coleman, a violent convict who was given the chance to participate in a rehabilitation therapy program involving wild mustangs. In this interview, the writer-director-actress discusses her obvious calling, her fascination with equine therapy, the blessing of the Sundance community, the importance of silence in her emotional film, the theme of violence, and the threat of isolation for criminals who wish to rehabilitate. So I grew up as a as a child actor. Um, I've been raised by uh, two film producers as parents, and uh, and they always like my little brother and I. They always brought us with with them um, on set and watching uh, movies with them. Like we were educated very early age to watch um, a lot of. Uh, old films that they choose and they liked, and uh, so we had this kind of very unusual education, like really uh, toward cinema, and, uh, and 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 traveling with them on set and and acting uh, as um, um, and as it was kind of a playground, <laughs> and that uh, evolved into um, when I got into a teenager, I decided to do a history, a master of history. At La Sorbonne, at some point, I wanted to shift to journalism, but then I went back to acting and um, and spent more years as an actress. And then I directed this play, Independent, uh, written by Lee Blessing, and I it completely changed my my perspective because I felt so um, I, I enjoyed so much directing actors. And uh, and and uh, this experience completely, um, yeah, changed my life. I, I was this is my right shoes. I loved acting. It taught me everything. I learned so much. Um, but I felt that I was always fighting something that was not natural to me. And uh, directing felt that I was on my right shoes. That I organically knew exactly what I wanted to fight for. So there is a um, uh, there is a big discovery to me. Do you think part of that is a like a deeper connection to story, or possibly because you're focused on one on one story longer, 
where an actor may focus on it for just you know a short period of time, like a few weeks? Yes, I think my nature is more like a, to, uh, 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 entrepreneurial in a way. I like also I like making my own decisions. I, I like being independent. My my struggle as an actor was always to depend on other people's choices, which um, uh, can be extremely uh, um, uh, make you feel pretty weak, pretty like you know always on demand. And I. I, I didn't think I would just give up on acting. I just thought that directing something would help me to to focus on my vision and to and to be able to to kind of go on and 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 independently. But then I I completely fell in love with um um you know like carrying on my back uh, a project and touching all those different fields that I loved so much. It was so instinctive and intuitive. Um, I didn't know much about techniques. The only thing I knew was like directing actors, uh, and uh, and just like diving into this field by having like my background and then surrounding myself with great friends, filmmakers who helped me a lot. Uh, there is something so visceral and natural. It became just obvious that it was I was made for that and not for. Anything else? I would love sometimes maybe to act again, but not now. Later, <laughs> we'll see. So, no, about um, five years ago, you did a short called Rabbit, which kind of has a similar thing as the Mustang. Can you kind of talk about how um, that short may have helped, you know, showcase your style or given you more credibility to go ahead and direct the Mustang and how that came about? Yes, that was based on an experience that I had. In this French prison, um, I was following the therapist uh, in uh, in France who were entrusting small animals to inmates, like birds, rabbits, chinchillas, mouses, and I thought it was very intriguing and heartbreaking. And um, so I wrote Rabbit and directed it in Rikers Island. Um, the reason why I did it in New York is because I did my sh- first short film in New York, Atlantic Avenue, and I wanted to work with the same crew. Uh, so I, I did it in Rikers Island, and uh, and I remember that uh, from the first to the second experience, I felt much more confident, a little bit more in control. Um, my story was more, you know, digested, and uh, I had I felt more prepared. And so we had this three days shooting, and then the, the short film uh, was at Sundance. And uh, the same year, then the first draft of Mustang was also at the lab. So I was like, "This is there's an appetite at Sundance for the story," which was uh, a relief because uh, then Sundance like held my hand for five years. So I was like a great community to to be supported by. So how um, how are animals kind of helping your your themes here? So I know that you know if you look at some nursing homes and places like that, they'll bring in. Um, dogs or cats to help deal with uh, depression and things. And I know there's uh, equine therapy um, helps with ADD, people with interacting with horses. What's what's kind of the general idea behind this this story and this this news article you read? Yeah, I, I mean, there's something, the power of an animal, there's no words, there's no lie. It's very physical. I mean, with a horse, obviously, there's something like, a, it's like a dance. There's something... Uh, the, about the body language that change, and uh, and 
and you have like two creatures um wild and 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 scared confined in a very small space who has to build trust and respect and it takes weeks sometimes before the first touch so it's like a dance it's like those invisible dialogues where everything has to be on 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 a, on a very visceral and emotional level uh i feel that the the animal mirrors the man journey and uh and teach him how to stand as a as a man and as a father so there's a lot of learning there's a lot of um uh repair also i feel like uh, i've seen a lot of men being repaired by their animals just by, by there's a, there's a horse trainer in Nevada that says that the horse will will show you who you are. Uh, so they are they discover themselves and and through all this process. And uh, and I think that's invaluable as um, as a as a revelation and as a discovery. What were some of the things you learned during your kind of advanced research? I read one interview where you said you you went in to kind of understand a. Um, you know, violence and anger on a deeper level. What did that consist of? I needed to understand um, uh, the trigger of violence, you know, and uh, and what what really uh, it, it's kind of a chemical reaction. What triggers this chemical reaction? What's the theme? We all have a theme, uh, and that that can trigger a, a, a very torrent, explosive violence. And the theme where most of of the time uh, when I was interviewing men, it was ego. And I felt that the ego or, or the, the vulnerability was so, so um, uh, um, bruised that uh, it, 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 just, it, would feel, it would be like instantly uh, reactive, you know, and this chemical reaction that is violence would just like go over the man and 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 push him to 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 unleash you know his violence to someone to beat up and, and impossible to control impossible to 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 tame so this is something that we all have in us uh violent anger we we on a very different level when you are on that level that you cannot control it this is where i feel uh what happened what's the pa- what's the background What's all the themes behind that you can't control your, you know, there's something like a animalistic about it. And, uh, and that's where I really wanted to, to put my, 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 my eye, you know, into what's the arc, what's the different little steps that just for one second destroy a man and another people's life forever. Um, I thought it was—it's it, something that um, that we're all capable of, <laughs> in a in a weird way. So your your main character is coming off um, a, a state of isolation, and your film is really about connection. Can you kind of talk about some of the dangers of isolation and how, you know, is there a stronger message for people, you know, viewers of the film to to connect better with with others or with animals? How do you kind of see the message of the film? Yes, I mean isolation has been through different um, solitary confinement in prisons in California, like San Quentin or Solano Prison or Folsom. I mean, it's uh, indescribable. It's 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 so inhumane. It's very like bro- breaking breaking human beings uh, um, into their their depths. 
uh, into their soul. I mean, it's it's uh, it's gruesome. Um, I, I don't. I'm really like wondering what the impact of solitary confinement. What's the sense of punishment? What's and um, and and definitely during those moments of complete loneliness. Uh, I don't feel there's anything good that can happen to a human being. But if you put this human being with such a pain and, and, and sadness and loneliness and you, you put him in front of an animal who doesn't lie, who doesn't speak, who doesn't judge, and, and, uh, and you kind of have him being um, uh, slowly reconnected by this animal and resurrected, um, uh, by 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 this connection, uh, any human being who are capable of love and empathy can can find this second chance. Any of it. I I don't feel isolation or loneliness is never something that will bring a human being to feel good about himself or about any other people. And a lot of you know you're you're bringing empathy to these characters. A lot of prisoners are viewed as like all bad. When a lot of, in reality, many of them are judged their entire lives for one you know, possibly emotional response to something that was violent or whatever. How did you kind of start to bring empathy to those characters when you were writing this story? I think it came it came from this uh, my own experience going to prison and interviewing those men and not knowing you know, what I would um, expect from them. And uh, talking with them for hours and then uh, finding them very charming and nice and articulate and smart. And then finally they would say, oh, yeah, I killed my wife. And then they were like, cry and tell me exactly everything, how it happened. And, uh, and I was like, what do I do with that? Do I have empathy? Do I give a second chance? Do I support a second chance? Do I want to see this man out? What, it is so many questions that I felt that I wanted to ask to an audience because um, uh, in a very objective way. I don't want to force anyone's judgment. I just want to portray objectively a man who's struggling with his own uh, pain, uh, trying to find a way to, to reconcile himself with his emotion. And after one hour of the film, you, you realize what, he, what happened, I mean, what he did. What do you do with it? Personally, I give a second chance. Now it's not like, you know, I, I wanted to have like this moment of connecting with Roman before, before you know exactly his past. So in that sense, um, I wanted to create empathy before anything that would just cloud the judgment, you know. And so a lot of this film, you know, there's a silent interaction, as you mentioned, between the, the, the horses and the men. How important is silence in this film? How did you make it, you know, still equally interesting? How did you take the time to, you know, find the right footage or, you know, push the story forward with less dialogue? I guess is my question. I mean, silence is definitely uh, the the. Um, um uh, it's not deep silence, it's murmur. There's some of a murmur. You have like the, the the man's breathing, the horse breathing too. They have this um, this you know this dance together, and their breathing are very um, are kind of like the um, uh, the rhythmic, you know, in the in their in their connection and dialogues, invisible dialogues. Um, 
the, 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 the two lead characters, one doesn't speak as an animal. So I knew that those silence would have been very precious, and especially in prison. Prison is a place where you never have silence. It's like overwhelming with sound and very aggressive ones. Those moments of poetry was going through the silence. And... Um, and uh, and it's tense also because there's sense of some kind of tension and unpredictability, but the, the the this kind of very soothing silence, and um, there was kind of elevating those this this deep and this kind of climax connection, um, uh, especially when when the horse comes to Roman's shoulder, um, and also the man learns to. to to be silent because when he yells, when he's kind of talking to himself and talking to him, then he kind of learned this patience, and this patience goes with the silence. Um, it's very important that it was kind of like the, you know, the, the to be like suspended to the action and to the visual uh, without any words. As a director, um, you know a lot of a lot of people may avoid a film with animals where you kind of embraced it. Where was everything on the page, or did you let sometimes just let the cameras roll to see how interactions took place and and things like that with the film? Yes, we had two cameras. Um, I, I wanted to have a very light equipment to capture the unpredictable movements and reactions of the animal. Even though you have a very well-trained horse, you never know what he's going to do. He can have, like, the most spectacular or surprising moments. And uh, there, was very, there was gold. I really wanted to, 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 to get all of it. So sometimes we would just roll for 10 minutes. It was a headache for the editor. But I wanted to have the, those, you know, especially for those silent moments, those body language, this dance, this invisible dialogue. <laughs> I needed to spend the time to get the right moment, to get the very, you know, even though it was one second, but one second was kind of so invaluable to get, you know, those, those moments that would portray the, the arc of the, of the connection. So we spent time, I mean, we didn't have that much time. We had 23 days to shoot the film, but for those scenes, two cameras was really helping. And also Matthias' involvement, the horse trainer, uh, the camera, all this kind of choreography between the four of them to find like the right language. It was wonderful. Um, yeah, we spent time for it, for those scenes. We definitely made sure that we got the right reaction, the right moments. And sometimes we would improvise and, and it's where magic happened. <laughs> and, uh, and, and with a horse, you can have a lot of uh, unpredictable magic moments. So I definitely needed to capture some of, some of them. Is there any, you know, now that you've got this film uh, finished and it's getting some positive response, is there any advice you wish you had before you started or any advice you'd like to pass on to um, novice writers and filmmakers? An advice, uh, endurance. Um, never give up. Uh, sometimes you're the only one to really believe into what you're doing and, uh, and, and you have to find your right partners to to support you and to and to always uh, keep confidence. I think when you're driven by passion, it can be really hard. It took me years, but their endurance to be like um, um, uh, to have like a very strong mental. And yes, you're gonna face obstacles and uh, and pain and and doubts. But it's like the 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 driven by passion for a project is is stronger than anything. And you have to find in yourself this endurance. You know, it's like running and running and running for, for years. <laughs> so, 
So that's that's the advice. Never never give up running. Thank you so much for tuning into the show. Before you leave, don't forget to sign up for the weekly newsletter. We also get free access to the freelancer course, Master the Freelancer Mindset. This system will teach you exactly how to find clients online, which includes step one, the psychology of the mindset, step two, how to create a killer profile, and step three, how to find quality clients. This online course is valued at $99. It can be yours for free. In addition to the free course, you'll get access to the ebook, How Hollywood Screenwriters Annihilate Writer's Block. This contains advice from Aaron Sorkin, Kerry Fukunaga, and William Monahan. You can find all of this and more on creativeprinciples.live. Visit the website for new interviews, articles, and the daily blog. That's creativeprinciples.live.